You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Hannies. It's Amiria Sai, and you're back for season two of The Take On. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Deandra Simmons, Real Housewives of Dallas, and such a social activist as well. I have to say that. Hi, honey. Thank you. Hi, how are you, Amir? It's so good to see you. And I hear you're in a lovely place, unlike where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I always say if your state of mind is good, you're in a lovely place at all times, right? Well, I'm putting my head in Hawaii right now, yeah. you know, to be with you, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah, be with me here. <laughs> um, I wanted to just right off the top, I, I just wanted to really commend you for what you did during the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the, you know, you had these meetings, these almost like kind of like intellectual salons in your house. And it was just wonderful the way you connected and really you, I love it because you were not just an ally, you were an accomplice. And I just wanted to really commend you for that. Well, thank you. And we were, you know, we're supposed to have more of those and then, um, thing people weren't available and then the COVID thing. And now, you know, even though Texas kind of does its own thing, I still, my mother's 80. So I try to be, you know, careful with regards to, unless it's a work thing that I have to go to. I mean, I I try to be careful about doing things in my home, but I do, I would like to continue the conversation because I just feel like that there's so many questions unanswered and things that I don't know. And I need to be educated. And the best people to educate me are really my friends because you know, we communicate all in our own way. And sometimes you may get a little frustrated with people if you don't know how to communicate with them. So my friends that are African-American or um, my other friend who is, she's not African-American, she's uh, she's from the UK, but I think her family is from uh, Nigeria or a place like or something in uh, Western Africa. But they know me, so they can talk to me in a way that is not you know, sometimes you offend people if you if you communicate the wrong way and you don't mean to. But the fact that they know me and I can ask questions, and I can ask the stupidest questions in the world or questions that, you know, a lot of other Caucasian people are wanting to ask but don't know how to do it and, do- and not be offended when they kind of correct me or um, explain to me. And that was the value of having those three <laughs> friends. Sorry. Dolly, that's the dog. Sorry. Dog. <laughs> I'm having my dog. three friends that my best friend since I was 12 and my other two friends, my other friends since I was 15. And then Diane has known me for a few years because I think communication is really key because you can, you know, get people really hot and 
and bothered real quickly mm-hmm. about things. And it's not meant to be that way. It's just a way we talk. So I'm hoping that that's not over. And I, I really know that my friends want to come back and, and have that conversation again. My other girlfriend was working the elections, the one Dee Dee, she, my best friend since we were 12. So she yeah. just finished that whole thing. At least Texas is not in this recount issue like a lot of the other states because yeah. she'd be knee deep in that. But yeah, wow. that's something that I feel like it needs to be an ongoing conversation. I know that's a long answer, but I hope you understood. It needs to be ongoing conversation for everybody to have tolerance yes. and yes. compassion and um, understanding and certainly a listening ear. Absolutely. And it's really well said because I think a lot of people get nervous, like me being Muslim during 9-11, a lot of people would get nervous to ask me questions. And I was always very like, there's no stupid question because you're learning. And it's my job as a person of color to listen, take it in. And as long as you're coming from a kind place, I was never upset. So it's your intention, right? And I think your intention has always been good. I appreciate that. I think that I think the worst thing you can do is answer shame someone. You know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. So you're answering mm-hmm. them, but you're shaming them at the same time. And then you are cutting off the conversation. You're not giving a chance to move forward because look, there are people like me that are ignorant about certain things because of how we've grown up. And I will admit to that, but I want to be educated. I don't want to be ignorant. So, you know, just be compassionate when you, when you answer people and and don't shame them because they don't know the answer. I think that's very important. Well said. It's really, really well said. Um, When I said that I was talking to you on the podcast, a lot of people were DMing me and they were very excited. They all want to know how COVID filming is like for the new season. How was that? I'll tell you, Amir, it was very difficult only because we were filming in our homes most of the time. We had, I think, maybe two outings at private rooms and restaurants. And then we had one that was at a bar that we had to rent the whole bar. You know, it wasn't like we could go anywhere and do anything. Um, And so with the close quarters comes more drama, which is going to be great for the viewers. But you're at home with your family, at home with your friends. That's only the cast members and not other people. And there's not kind of outside influences. And and you're not at bars and restaurants where you have, you know, you got to kind of be worried a little bit about what you say because other people are there. So it's just really intense. For me, I found it much more intense. Um, it was much more raw because I confronted things that maybe I wouldn't have confronted before and even uh, within my own friendships in the group of girls. So I think it'll be a very interesting year. I think people will enjoy it. Um, It was hard for me. I mean, I will be real honest. It was very hard for me, but I hope what people will take away from my part in the show this year is that it is a difficult process to be on a show like this. And we all have um, our good sides and our bad sides. We all have things that, Make sure you grab her because she's going to talk. We all have things about our personalities that we need to improve and work on. And then we have things about our personalities that, you know, are great the way they are. And the, the, the Real Housewives program or show is very cathartic to learn about yourself. And then you see it again and go, mm, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. And sometimes we repeat history and make mistakes again. Um, but sometimes we learn. And especially with my mother and I have always had a big part of the show and we have a lot of conflict. And uh, once again, that proves to be true this well, year. I was so. going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you'll see, it's a little bit different conflict. Um, but, you know, we're, we're always having conflict. And I think people probably, whether they, 
you know, don't like me or do like me or, you know, whatever side they choose, they see what it's like to navigate a mother-daughter relationship with, uh, you know, somebody who's a middle-aged person, I'm middle-aged, and an older woman who's like the matriarch and um, how to, you know, people have different um, issues. I have a lot of women that reach out to me that have mommy issues. And so I think it's good to show, to highlight that relationship and Sometimes I, you know, make good decisions and my mouth stays intact. And sometimes I just go, ah, and I say things I shouldn't say, but um, that tends to be a lot this year. I think just the stress level is is out of control because right. of COVID. And do you think that COVID, maybe because of the close quarters, helped a little bit with you and Mama D having those deeper conversations? Or do you think it kind of, it kind of exacerbated it? Um, I think it... It certainly did not help. I mean, it made me go and have to talk to her face to face about more deeper issues that were not related to financial things. So that was, I think, great for me. And we got through a big step because of that. But it was very difficult um, whenever we did have our kind of like impasse moment this year to kind of come out on the other side and figure out how I was going to uh, fix it. And you'll see that, you know, and people are going to be get real mad at me when they see what happened. But they also have to understand the, the history of the relationship. And, you know, sometimes people can push your buttons and trigger you in ways that others don't. And, you know, my mother triggers my buttons. You've seen her do it for the last three years. So there's not going to be a difference this year. You know, she pushes all my buttons. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it seems like the, the shift was in the last season was that Mama D was really proud of you. I felt like there was a shift in the way that you handled the business. And how have you kind of um, gone along with the 2020 punches when it comes to business? How have you diversified? How have you kind of revamped that side of the business? Well, Hard Night Good Morning and my skincare line and Ultimate Living have had um, a really, just like every other small business, a difficult time. Of course, luckily we got some PPP, but now there's no stimulus going forward. And it's just hard because the appearances always help with me because I get to meet my customers face to face and they talk to me, ask me questions. And they also know that I very much am committed and know my brand. A lot of people on television you know, have something that they are aligned with, but they may not understand it or know about it. They're a face and I'm not a face. I made the products. I live the products. I take the products. And so that's, was the value of me having that personal relationship with people that were interested. I've had to, I did, I think I told you last time I did some Facebook lives and Instagram lives and people were asking questions about health and, and skincare and wellness. And they realized that I did know about my products. So that did help. We haven't done that in a long time. And the only reason I have it is because I only have a finite certain amount of products. I don't have, you know, a hundred products. So if you keep on going over the same products every week, I'm sure that, you know, if you don't have some of the people were repeat customers and people that have already been there before. I don't know how to, I'm, I'm struggling with how to make that different. Um, so I did try to kind of come up with maybe some different topics like specific health issue or specific skin issue. Um, and that's really my struggle with how to get my brand awareness out there. Now, um, Real Housewives, I'm very thankful to Bravo because they did have, they have told my story for several years and that has really helped my business. But we are still trying to reinvent ourselves and to, my goal is to get through this year and hopefully, hopefully God willing, we'll have a vaccine next year and then kind of the economy will open back up and people are scared to spend money. That's the bottom line. Um, even when I do go to places and I do have some 
trunched as we have, believe it or not, because we're in Texas and people have a different feeling about COVID, even though we have the highest rate in the nation. A lot of people in Texas are scared to spend money. And I'm, of course, not going outside of Texas because of the fact that um, it's probably not a good idea to travel, <laughs> even to we may go to Oklahoma because they kind of are in the same little thing. But when we're going places to do trunk shows, we're always masks or masks and shields. Um, I'm trying to be very careful about how people try the products. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm just very cognizant. It's, it's smaller groups, social distance as much as I can. I don't have a bunch of people crowded around me. Um, and a lot of these things are in people's homes where they know the people and they're, they've been tested. So we do the best we can. Um, but I've, everybody, the problem is people don't understand. They can get really angry, but I'm in the same position as a lot of these small business owners. We still have to pay our bills and make money and not even as much for me. Like I said, I'm so grateful for Bravo because at least we can live, but I want my employees to keep their jobs. So that's the most important thing is I don't want my employees to not have a paycheck and it's Christmas. And of course you want to give them a bonus and everything like normal. And, and it's just, it's a very scary time. It really is. And I was actually speaking to Carrie and she said that y'all were doing a trunk show together. So that's really nice. That Yeah. So we've been doing everything together. And I always say two housewives are better than one. <laughs> so, <laughs> Agreed. You know, because people may like her and not like me or have a feeling about one of the two of us and they get to meet us both. And then um, it, it just works out better. Right. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, before we talked as well, you mentioned like they like me or they don't like me. How, you know, for, for especially like new housewives, when they come in, like, how do you navigate that? Cause you're kind of being emotionally raw and you're giving of yourself and you're talking about your husband and your mom. And then people are like, I don't like that. I'm not into that or, or make a meme of it. Like, how do you navigate? I mean, you're very seasoned now, which is great, but like, does it affect you still? Or are you just like, Oh, whatever. Like there's a meme about me. I'm moving on. It affects me. It definitely does. I mean, you get your feelings hurt because when you are putting yourself out there and telling a story, it's very real. It's not, I, I didn't do this for fame. I did this to build my business. And I mean, everybody I've talked, they know that I did it because I really was at a crossroads with my business. I thought, well, how can I build a business? Well, this is a good way. Cause I looked at the other housewives that were successful. So for me, I mean, I never use the housewives card. If I want to go someplace or do something, I just, I'm a regular person. Um, if people, you know, come and talk to me and, and want to, you know, take a photo, I always do that. But I don't think I'm anybody special because I didn't go on this journey for that. I went on this journey to kind of create other opportunities in my life. But I do get very hurt by some of the mean, nasty things that people say. I think for me in particular, uh, I'm very polarizing because I am very opinionated. So I will have an opinion about everything. And I learned that you really have to do that on the show. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's certain people that, that don't do that, but job security in this world means that you are going to be opinionated and you're going to be very, um, you know, you're going to be, like I said, polarizing the polarizing housewife is a better is for job security is a better housewife than someone that is just kind of even keel and kind of like wishy-washy because wishy-washy does not, you know, kind of endear you with the network because that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to really take a strong opinion, really make big mistakes, um, really own up to it and kind of, you know, see how they can either improve their life or, you know, not. So it's just, that's kind of what the show is. And I learned that I, I learned to be, you know, to really kind of speak my mind and that gets me in trouble sometimes, but I do get very upset when I see people writing, 
writing horrible things. That new button that I didn't know about on Instagram called restrict is lovely because, you know, they think they're commenting on your stuff, but they're not really commenting on your stuff. So. Love it. <laughs> I mean, some of the people I just have to just block and, and move on because they just constantly, they spend their whole time berating me. And like I said, the other thing with me, I'm in a different, unique situation because I had some cast members that are not on the show anymore that feel very strongly about me. And they continue to feel very strongly about me remaining on the show. And that's hurt me. It's even hurt my business, but I'm you know pulling myself out of that because I've got to continue to be positive and you know, you'll see a different show this year. And I think people are going to really enjoy it. Right. Well, Deandra, let me guess that person probably starts with the letter L, but it's okay. Well, there's, there's more than one. There's more than one. So, you know, I just, what I funny because the, anytime I've spent with you has been so pleasant. So I'm always surprised, but I think that people like us that have strong opinions, people that are, like you said, wishy-washy are kind of going back and forth and aren't really, don't have a strong constitution of themselves or get really frustrated with us. Cause they're like, Oh, they're, they know what yeah. they want. Yeah. Yeah. And I do know what I want. And I know my husband always says, look at the golden ring. Why are you here? Don't get and you know, distracted by all this minutia over here. Just stay laser focused on building your platform and your career and mm-hmm. being who I am on the show, which is, is, you know, I'm not going to change who I am. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. I may learn and become better, but I am going to still be, I mean, kind of the tough love person that I've always been. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, a lot of other Housewives franchises, when they were filming, they had a lot of COVID scares. But it seems like Dallas did a really good job. Was it you guys being careful? Was it the crew, the network? Like, because... You didn't have any scares, which is great. I didn't go anywhere. I mean, I really did not go anywhere when we were filming unless I was doing, unless I was working. I do. I take this job very seriously because at the end of the day, it is a job and Mm -hmm. I work really hard. Um, One of the things that's interesting about me, which is, and I think it's really unique for the housewife um, kind of world is I make notes on a piece of paper, write my notes down and I hand it to the producer and I say, make sure I get through all these points. (laughs) Wow, I love um, that. that way I do my homework because if I don't do my homework, if we're going into a scene and I have, you know, a meeting with Brandy or something with Stephanie or, or Carrie and I are having an argument, you know, there's, it moves so fast. You get to make sure you get all the things in and all your points across. And then of course they're going to pick and choose whatever points they want to air. But for me, it just helps me to uh, stay on track and um, not forget the, the storyline and what we're talking about. And um, I, I think they appreciate it. Sometimes I think I get a little too, um, you know, committed to, to that and they want it to flow more organically. But um, I've always been that kind of person. I was a straight A student that always took a lot of notes. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I always wonder how y'all get through all your points. So that's kind of, that's cool that you kind of give it to the producer and then go from there. I love that. Well, and when I do the show, I do the show. I don't go out really with my friends and hang out and do things like that because, like I said, it's three and a half months. I committed to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting paid to do my job, and I do my job, and I think that's that's appreciated. So, I love that. You know. mm-hmm. I absolutely love that, and I I can tell you just like really put your heart and soul into it because I was actually speaking to Dolores from New Jersey, and we were talking about how you're so supportive of everyone. Like, if I ever go on a housewife, it doesn't matter if they're a new housewife or an older OG, you're always commenting, you're always like uplifting, and it's kind of refreshing because you really support the other Bravo people, and I think that's really nice. 
Well, I, I do that because it's hard. First of mm-hmm. all, it's really hard. And if you don't have, now that I'm in four, my season four, which is, you know, you kind of become a veteran at that time and you've been through all the pitfalls and you've made the mistakes and then you've had, you know, the fights on social media with people that you wasted a lot of time doing. So any housewife that wants support from me and, you know, has a question I'm here for, I do send, you know, flowers to my friends and when they start their season to let them know I'll be watching and rooting for them. Um, I always try to, if they have, if I see something that they're going through to comment on it or try to, you know, make a statement about it to just let them know that they're not alone because this world can be very isolating And a lot of housewives, I found when I started, there wasn't a lot of support out there. There wasn't a lot of housewives that had been on for years that came came to me and said, hey, can I help you? Can I tell you what it's like? Um, These are things you should and shouldn't do. So I want to be there and be available for other women. I'm I'm all about supporting women and, um, you know, whether it be with business or with helping in this in this you know, this franchise or this group of girls. And I know that the show is not necessarily women supporting women because that's kind of how the show is, but (laughs) it's not really how, you know, I am all the time. And, um, you know, Carrie and I fight all the time on the show, but yet we still work together and do these trunk shows together. So, um, anybody that knows me or that's met me, or even if they haven't, they know that they can always reach out to me and ask me a question or, get some support or run something by me like some other housewives with mommy issues have talked to me about, you know, how'd you deal with this when your mother was at reunion? What'd you do? And, and I love doing that. And I love having other people to talk to. I always call Margaret Joseph's if I have a problem. When I had my problem with my mom this year, the first person I called was Margaret. She goes, Oh, that's no big deal. I go, Margaret, I live in the South. That's a big, big deal. <laughs> it's different in New Jersey. <laughs> Very different. It's like, it, it's almost like feel- Texas has its own culture. You know, it's different. Yeah, she made me feel better about the mistake I had made and said, oh, people will people will be like, you know, half people will be OK with it. Half people won't be OK with it, but it'll be off uh, the next week. It'll be on to something else. So, you know, right. right. Um, yeah, Margaret's amazing. And it's good to like brush things off like that. But I do want to talk about the whole Texas society because that comes up a lot in the show. And, and it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, you kind of really don't give in to that BS. Like, how have you kind of stayed above the fray with that? I, when I started Housewives, I really made a, a decision to kind of walk away from all of that because I had done it, Amir, since I came back from Washington, I want to say 2004. I had done the Junior League and the ball chair of the Junior League and that I had chaired probably 30 balls and underwriting chair for Cattle Barons. And then the next step would be Crystal Charity. And these are very uh, clicky women that vote you into different positions, let's say. And you have to play by their rules. And if you know, we're watching me, I'm not a really good rule follower. So um, I wanted to do things. I wanted to run my charities, uh, my luncheons and my evening galas like a business because I thought that was very important. Um, bottom line, I cut you know the fat where I could, um, really paid attention to a budget. And it was, I just did not have the greatest um, experience with a lot of the women that were there they were kind of catty sometimes and were not necessarily nice to me all the time because they didn't like the way I did things. Even though I was getting great results, they wanted it to be done their way. I actually had someone call me when I was involved in a charity and I was up for the ball chair position and they wouldn't give it to me. And she said, well, we're not going to give it to you because you'll raise $6 million and we only raised 4 million. I said, so you're telling me that this 
little, this person, let's just say, can't get medical treatment because you won't let me raise $2 million more million because it'll make you look bad. I don't want any part of this. So I kind of got out of that uh, situation. I think things like that are the reason I had to leave. Now, I still do Mercury One. Um, my husband and I are international ambassadors for Mercury One. And we go, we used to go like to Iraq and Lebanon and help with uh, women and children that were rescued from ISIS. And that was amazing. Work with refugees, uh, human trafficking. Uh, they have a veterans arm. They have a disaster relief arm. My husband works with them. So we still do that. But as far as am I going to get onto a committee with a bunch of women that are catty and mean and um, want you to march by their, you know, to their drummer, it's not going to happen. I mean, I just... I'm going to go work on my business and myself and doing things that make me feel fulfilled. And I can always give to charity and I can always do it my way, but I don't have to follow their rules. <laughs> but Dallas society is very, a very big part of the wealthy people that live here. Um, the women like to lunch and they like to um, go to these different events before COVID. Of course, there's a luncheon every day almost and a gala every weekend or two every weekend. And you had to choose, you know, there was, you could choose, there were probably five a week and you picked and choose what you wanted to go to. And I was very much involved my family, um, my mother and father and my uncle and aunt, very philanthropic. Um, there's a lot of um, things in Dallas, like that are named Simmons at the medical center and at the SMU and different in the zoo and everything. So um, they've always been very supportive of Dallas um, as long as, you know, they've lived here. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I like what you said. We're doing charity our way. And this is what speaks to us. So we go do it. And we're not just, I think, especially in affluent communities, I grew up in a very affluent community. A lot of the charity that was done was done because it was like, it was an excuse to dress up and, and be a center of attention. It was not really about the charity. So I love that you kind of reframed that. I appreciate that. Well, it's all, to me, it became, look at me, look at me. Let me, how many pictures can I have in Paper City? How many pictures can I have in uh, modern luxury. How many pictures are in Patron magazine? I mean, it's ridiculous because is that that's not what it's about at the end of the day. But it is about when I went over to um, Lebanon and went into a hospital where this woman who had never heard had a cochlear implant turned on. That is what it's really about to see that those miracles and these women that had been um, completely their lives destroyed and were still alive after what ISIS had done to them, and we had moved them to Australia and to Canada and to see people's lives change, but to have your photo in another magazine, you know, that's, that's very superfluous and it's not something that um, I am interested in. And I, it was so funny because people used to say, Oh, I see all your pictures in, in the, you know, whatever the local society rag was. And I thought, Hmm, I started thinking, you know, this is really not where it's not what it's about. And where is my heart? If I'm only interested in my photo being in a magazine, mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well said. I mean, I, I think you're speaking a lot of truth that a lot of people might not realize that's how you feel because they kind of associate housewives with this certain kind of wanting attention, wanting fame, wanting to be in those magazines. And that's why I like you. And I think that's why a lot of you have a lot of loyal fans because they like that about you. That's what the Deandra, I feel like you get a beer with Deandra. Which I can't say that about other housewives, you know? <laughs> you can definitely get a beer with me or you can have a tequila for sure, you know? <laughs> yes, we love tequila. We love tequila. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, speaking about that, speaking about tequila and drinking and all the fun, are there any moments from the last three seasons and even with this new season where you're like, ugh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or are you just kind of like, you know, it's part of the whole experience. Honestly, for me, I don't want to go back and say I regret this or regret that. It's part of the whole experience. Um, you know, do I look back and say if if this had not happened, then this, if this, then this would have been different. Of course, it would have been different. Um, certainly, my relationships with some of the women would be different. But um, we can't rewrite, you know, history, unfortunately. And learning from it is the best thing. And when I was mortified because of my 50th birthday, I had so much fun and had too much tequila at Carrie's house in Mexico. People, that was my biggest fear, not anything else for the whole season. That was my biggest fear is that, oh my God, I've made an ass of myself. People loved it. People thought it was great. Nobody gave me a hard time except for, you know, um, one or two people that were calling me an alcoholic on the cast. But nobody, nobody, everybody's like, I love this side because we thought you were not fun and not vacation Deandra. And now they like the vacation Deandra. And um, so it was kind of refreshing to find out that people were, were okay with me being human and having a girl's night out and being silly and drinking too much. Cause it's my 50th birthday, even though it doesn't happen, you know, it, we don't do that all the time. So it's just, it, it got twisted around the, in the narrative about how much I drink and all that, because um, it's not, that wasn't true, but you know, those things happen because people say things and, but at the same time, it was not my worst nightmare. Now, I think some of the things that happened between myself and, and Leanne were unfortunate. Um, and that was, I think if I had kept it, if it, not only me, I mean, if we had been able to keep it to the show and it was just the show, there would be, it would be a lot different. But when social media gets involved and then people start to try to destroy your character and dig up things about your personal life that is really nobody's business and um, is not relevant to the issue at hand. I think that is where it gets really down and dirty and nasty. And that's the worst part of, of the show. The show is the show and I can move on and be friends with somebody and work it out. But the social media life world where these people say horrible, horrible things and you're sitting in a puddle of tears on the floor and I'm a pretty strong person. So that's, you know, that was the hard part of it. It continued on and on after the show for two years. It never stopped. And that's the, that's the hard, that's the hard part of it. And so, yeah, do I regret maybe saying things that caused that, those actions to happen to me? Yes, definitely. But um, I, I, don't, I don't think that not telling the truth would be the right choice for me either. So I just told the truth and, you know, I got what I received, what I received from that, you know? <laughs> right. right. And it, it's tough. And I, and I, you know, I spoke to Leanne and she was very much like, 
I'm the victim. And then it's like hearing both sides. It's hard because I think the fans, especially on social media, they believe what they read and then they come for you. Right. So it's like, not only do you have your friend, your former friend coming for you, but you also have all of her fans coming for you. That's not easy. That's not an easy place to be. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't really like pulling the victim card. I mean, I don't think that's a good card to pull. I think mm-hmm. you say something or you behave a certain way and there's consequences. So, um, we're adults. Yeah, there's consequences for me, just like there's consequences for her. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to say I'm a victim. Maybe I should have kept my mouth shut at certain times, but I was really, I was being pushed in a corner with regards to my story and some things I didn't really want to talk about at the time, like my business and and financial situations. And and I thought, well, if I'm going to talk about that, then you're going to have to talk about what's really happening in your personal life. And when I flipped that switch and she was like, I'm going to destroy your life. I'm not doing this for you. And I'm not doing this for production. It was horrible because I really had, I mean, it was, it was the attacks still haven't stopped to this day. They still go on and and that's the hard part. And it's, I think when you're off the show, move on from the show. And if you're really, truly happier in a better place and your life is great, then move on. And don't have these people continue to attack. And I I know that when it starts up, I have a feeling it's going to happen again because, you know, I I just I do, unfortunately, because of the cast changing. Right. And and she was also saying that a lot of the cast members had bought followers that then were attacking her. And I just it's like it it gets. Well, that's interesting because that's her. That's not. I've never, well, obviously I have the least amount of followers and there's a reason for that because I've never bought any followers, but I do know that she has because she gave me a link to tell me where she bought them. So, and if you look at somebody that has 800,000 followers, it just doesn't make any sense. And you look at the engagement and the comments. So one time they'll be way up here. One time she'll have the same amount of comments as me. And I only have 225,000. It's just, if you, if you're a smart person, you can realize something's not right there. So the only person I know that has bought followers is her because she told me she she told me she bought it from someplace called like Rockstar Media or something. And and so, I mean, I'll tell you, that's what I know. And that was several years ago. And I never did because my brand and I thought I'll just earn one person at a time, which I have. And I'm not as engaged in social media as somebody like a Cameron or other people on the show, because my life is a little different. I don't have the time, unfortunately, because I'm working on these businesses and trying to do these other projects. And um, that's why my, my following isn't as big as other people. I'm going to try to do a better job, but it's just, you only have so many hours in the day. And I really, I love my intellectual pursuits and my books and things that, you know, are probably not as interesting as other people. <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, right now I'm reading my autobiography of a yogi again. So like, that's the kind of things I enjoy instead of sitting on, you know, social media and posting, you know, doing another photo shoot. I need to, I need to probably do both in a way that makes sense. But right. But yeah. Right. So I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that what she said is true. I, I do not believe that at all. I think that people attacked her because they were very upset about the things that were said on the show. Um, with regards to me, I do believe that she did have a lot of uh, a big hand in talking to her followers because she does have a big following. Um, whatever narrative she was telling them about me, um, they probably believed it. And so they still believe it. It is what it is. You know, I have to move on and hopefully this season I'll gain some new followers and and people that will see me a different light. 
Absolutely. And I always say it's quality over, you know, quantity. I worked as a publicist for years. Sometimes someone will have 5 million followers, but 0.01% engagement. And your engagement is really good. And I think maybe if you did a book club, like on Instagram, I think people would love that. You'll People will find will find you that like you. And I think you're authentic and people can feel that. And um, the following will come. And, and it's Thank already you. very Of course. Um, I want to ask you about... Um, it's a bit like a heavier topic, but you know, you brought up your dad, obviously, and, and all of that. And that was so refreshing and so heartwarming. And I think when we sit at home, we like the caddy fights, we like the trips, but we love when our housewives get real. We feel like we know you and you let us in. And did you discuss that with Mama D before you brought it up on the show? Or did you just kind of thought it was right to bring it up? About my father can make suicide or mm-hmm. about... Yeah. Um, no, I didn't talk about it with her. Um, she, because that was not my stepfather, that was, she could divorce my dad when I was four. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't really, we don't talk that much about him. Um, but, and she really didn't say anything about, you know, she didn't discourage me or say, why did you say that? Um, you know, that's been a very difficult part of my life because there's no relationship with um, that family anymore after he committed suicide. So wow. that's been a very difficult um, thing for me because think about it, I'm an only child, except I had a brother who was adopted when I was 18 and then I had my stepmother and I had her family and their family. So I did have like a kind of a bigger family. And then all that went away when my father committed suicide and left a big mess for the family as far as financial and wills and things like that. So, um, it caused a, a wedge and it just is still severed to this day. Wow. Wow. And do you think like being on the show, has anyone from that family reached out like when seeing you on the show or no? You will see. Oh, okay. That'd be nice to you. Um, you will see. I, I definitely think that being on the show has been a negative for that, for relationships, family relationships that are estranged. It's not a positive. But uh, you'll see what happens, you know, this year. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's good. That's good to know. I'm excited for this season. You can always count on me for deep uh, dark, you know, in-depth story. <laughs> so yeah, it's not any kind that. of, it's not superfluous kind of like, Oh, you know, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. For me, it's like always a real, like, you know, I take the hard road. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you deserve your tequila at the end of the day. My God. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is the hubby? He's one of my favorites. He's wonderful. He's actually here. He's working from home now. He did get COVID unfortunately. So, um, he had COVID and he's recovering. He's now about three weeks out. Um, Thank God. What are you saying, Jeremy? He's over there. Oh, he's working on, I'm sorry. He's, he's back there. Now he's moved his computer back into the house, which is, oh my God, a nightmare because he takes over the whole dining room with this big, big Mac. And, um, he's working on a new project right now, which, um, I'm real excited about. It's a new podcast. And it will be coming out next week. Am I allowed to say what it's called? No, I can't tell you what it's called. Okay. What'd you say? Next Tuesday, you will know what it's called, but it's going to be on my Instagram story. So I put like little teasers up. It kind of looks like the scarlet letter a little bit, the little teasers I've been putting up. So um, it's a very, uh, very meaningful project and podcast. And he's been, uh, basically recording a lot of it out of the house. And then, you know, he had to go to some places that he could go to interview people. So it's an interview um, podcast, but I'm very excited for him. Oh my God. Yay. Good job, Jeremy. Like we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that next Tuesday. 
Um, I love that. Um, I want to play a couple little fun questions, games, keep it light, and then we'll wrap up. Um, So have you seen, um, I want to know your opinions on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. What are your thoughts? Do you know any? I knew it. Sorry, I had to ask. (laughs) No. Okay. So you're going to die. When I first saw the show, um, I knew it was going to be kind of wild, but I was like sitting there. I'm like, we've got to step it up. Oh my Lord. (laughs) We're going to have something happen over here because that, that is just like, I mean, I couldn't keep up. I was like, whoa, uh, uh," you know, like just so many things. I mean, she's married to her grandfather, great grandfather, and she's got this thing. And then this girl's having an affair and this one's having like, Jesus, my God. So I think it was, I mean, it was very kind of wild. I mean, it's still wild, you know, and they have strong opinions already about each other, like really strong opinions. I mean, I do know Jen a little bit because we have some mutual friends. Um, she's obviously a very strong, polarizing figure on the show. She's a um, star. She's not, she yeah. sounds like a star. I think so. I, I, I would definitely think she's a star. I mean, her um, tagline is, I'm the queen bee and the MVP. I'm like, good for her that Bravo let her use that, for God's sake. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't believe they let her have that tagline. So I think she's, you know, she's definitely opinionated. Um, I was just... I think it's cool because we're learning about a different culture because Whitney obviously and Heather being Mormon or from the Mormon church, you know, kind of, I guess, abdicating or whatever you want to call it from the Mormon church. But um, that's interesting to us because it's one of those kind of things where we never knew anything about it, but we were kind of curious, you know, you see some of those shows, those uh, polygamous shows, you know, on TV, you've seen those, but I haven't really seen, you know, somebody that lives in Salt Lake city. You don't really know anything about Salt Lake city, except it snows. That's, yeah. I mean, so I, I think there was a lot of room for us to kind of wonder and be curious. And mm-hmm. I really liked the show. I do like the show. I think it's going to be great. And uh, what do you think? I mean, did you like it? I liked it. I mean, I thought they threw a lot at the wall, but I feel like it, some of it stuck. And, and, you know, some of the characters, obviously they've watched housewives. So they're, they kind of know what to say and do, but I think once they relax and kind of be themselves, I think it'll, it'll be a lot better. Like maybe fifth episode, it'll like, you're like, okay, they're being themselves. Yeah, the, they did. I think they did come out like big, you know, really big. I mean, those their clothes and their, you know, I mean, they have like amazing wardrobe in Salt Lake City. I was just like, God. And we, yeah, their clothes are amazing. And the thing is, like, for instance, we're shooting in COVID. So guess what? We're back in freaking yoga clothes, you know? And I'm just, at the end of the year or the end of the season, I was like, I had all these beautiful clothes I had purchased and I didn't wear them. So I just started wearing ridiculous clothes to scenes in my house. I mean, it was like <laughs> stupid because I have uh, these things on rolling racks and they, they've been bought, paid for. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start dressing up now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. For all the- to answer your question, I'm very excited about the franchise. Um, I do know some of the girls. Um, very happy that I think they're going to kind of give a new, fresh um, appeal to the Housewives uh, franchises. So, you know, let's just I'm all rooting for them. I've tweeted about oh, it a couple of wow. times. Um, I really want to keep supporting. I also, you know, support my Potomac girls. Um, Love Potomac. Interested to see how uh, Atlanta shakes out this year without Nene on there. So that's mm-hmm. something I'm going to be watching. Um, so I'm just I'm very, um, you know, excited about all the new shows coming out and the ones that are on now. I love it. And, you know, with Potomac, I, I know it's a controversial season, but are you are you kind of staying neutral with the whole Candace Monique fight? Yeah, I mean, apparently they've worked it out now, you know, at this time 
um, I don't know where they are with regards to, I know that eventually they work it out, but, um, it was hard for me. I do know, I know Candace better because she's one of the girls that I've talked to on the phone. Cause we have the mommy issues that I told you about, oh, you know, right, right. Um, Monique, um, and I, you know, we're friendly, but she's, I think much more friendly with Leanne than me. I've never chosen sides between Monique and Candace at all. Just Candace did reach out to me because of the mother story that Got she it. had, you know? Um, so I just hope that I think both of them, you know, I, I missed, I think it was last week I was gone or something like that. I missed, but the la- when you look at basically that fight, I think Candace was wrong for egging her on. And I think that Monique was wrong for not holding back and not being restrained, you know, having enough restraint to pull her weed out. <laughs> <laughs> that was glued in, honey. That was Whatever it was. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, that thing's like, <laughs> I would have been bald for sure, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. That was some good, crazy glue. I don't know what that was. That did I not know. Help. Well, doesn't, oh, but Candace doesn't she sell wigs or whatever, or weave or something? She her, apparently it's really good. <laughs> yeah, she does a good advertisement for her own product. That's right. <laughs> you are so funny. That's amazing. Um, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned taglines, you know, um, Jen's taglines. How like secretive are they with these taglines? Can you tease us? Do you have a fun new tagline? Like, we can't, we are not allowed to say them at all. And um, I think you probably know from talking to housewives that they write them for us. So we don't really get a say. I mean. Um, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. y'all were writing your own. Interesting. No, no. Trust me. I have given so many um, wonderful submissions. At least I thought they were wonderful. <laughs> and I've never been able to, you know, use those. And this year um, I got one. Like usually they give you three or four. And so you record three or four. They pick the best of the three or four. I got one. Oh. And I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with it. So you'll oh, see what you think. Um, it's, you know, it's okay. It's not, it, it, you know, I don't know. It doesn't put me in a great light. Let's put it that way. I don't think. Okay. Got so, it. Got um, it. you know, I did have a lot of drama this season, so that's probably why. So, um, it, you know, it could maybe just be me getting butthurt about it. Cause I don't think it's a cute, cutesy tagline or something, but I wrote some other ones and I did record them. Um, I don't think that they're going to go with the other ones, I think, because it was very apparent to me that they wanted the one tagline, you know. Got it. Got it. What about what was one submission from past season? Can you tell us one that you submitted that they said no to that you thought was? Well, the only one I know last year. So last year was I'm minding my business to start minding yours. Remember that was that last year's, yep. but the yep. one that they had given me that they had told me it was probably going to be was, and they wrote it for me. Um, I'm not a bitch. I'm the boss. That was what my tagline was last year. And then they went with the minding your business one. I don't know right. why, um, but I like that. I'm not a bitch. I'm boss. <laughs> so, I like that one. <laughs> I like that I one like, a lot. Can we go back and have that one this year? I like that one still. <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. That's a good one. That's a really I, good one. I think I was, um, what is it? My friend wrote one. Um, I was, no, I'm, I live, I was born in Highland Park, not Fair Park, which is the carnival thing, which is, they wouldn't have ever chosen that or um, something about being a, being a society girl, not on a tilt a world. <laughs> oh, that's a fun one. That is a fun one. Yeah. I've been to Dallas and everyone loves Highland Park there. So I know yeah. that's, the, that's funny. I like tilt a world. That's cute. That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, just to wrap up, Deandra, I wanted to ask you if you could Red Rover from any other Housewives franchise and do like a little switcheroo for the day, like a little Housewives swap, who would you swap like or bring in? You could add someone or you could swap. Oh, bring into our franchise? Yeah, just for the um, day. 
would love to, well, since she's not there now, I'd love to bring Dorinda because I love Dorinda. I mean, I hope she comes back to New York. Um, of course, Margaret would be a hoot and a holler, you know, having her. Um, I'd love to, I've never met the new housewife from New York, Leah, from last year. So I think she's kind of interesting. She's very opinionated and fun. And I think she'd be really cool to do like a, you know, group scene with. So yeah, those she's are really great. cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't Love know. I, I haven't heard. I heard the name of the new housewife and I've looked her up, but I don't know anything about her. The new uh, housewife that they have on Roni. So, um, yeah, I haven't, I don't know that much about her. Do you, what is her story? Do you know? Yeah. So she started revolt news, which is like a really like very progressive news channel. And so in, her and Leah are apparently really good friends. I was doing some stalking and they're commenting on each other's pages and they become very close. So I think we're going to see a nice friendship there. Yeah, I do know. I did read uh, yesterday or something and that one of the housewives rags that they were very close. They were the closest of all of the Roni girls yeah. like together, which I thought was cool. And I think it's going to be really refreshing for that show. Absolutely. And I think, you know, moving forward, I just had an idea. If you do your, you know, Black Lives Matter conversation, Leah would be great as a co-host because she's very outspoken about BLM and yeah, She's I've amazing. seen her on the one that Bravo did where they did the yeah. evening. Um, it was Leah and then they had Braun went on um, yes. and then with the other ladies. So I, I have seen her and watched her, um, you know, speak on behalf of Bravo. And I'm very proud of them for doing that. Yeah, same. It was wonderful. It was really wonderful and refreshing. Um, I just wanted to my last question is obviously we're in the middle of an election and you have a lot of experience in D.C. I, again, it doesn't matter. It's not about who you voted for. I'm not going to ask that question. What I'm going to ask is. What is your, do you think we're in an unprecedented time? Is it kind of cool to be like for someone that's into elections? I'm kind of an election geek as well. It's kind of cool to see history happening in different ways. It is ways. very cool to see history happening. I think, you know, it's a sad time too, because I don't think we've ever had, you know, I worked with Bush whenever we had the Bush Gore recount situation and we had to wait and wait and wait until that was all verified. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, we're kind of in the same situation, although, you know, we have a president elect now. And I think I wish people would just move on, honestly, because there's so many hurt feelings and so many people that feel very strongly about, um, you know, who should be president. But we have a president. We have a president elect. I think for everybody's benefit, we should move on, whether you agree or don't agree, because, that's just, I think we just all need to heal, kind of like the Black Lives Matter issue that we were talking about and having those conversations. Healing is what needs to happen. And we're not healing with this anger and this divisiveness and um, this, you know, rioting and all these kind of things. And I just don't see, you know, President Trump was very polarizing, still very polarizing. Um and I did say, I think I'd said on the show this year or something is about like, you know, when you're in a position of a president or a leader and you have, um, you know, you have such a high profile, um, you know, kind of persona, you've got to be careful about what you put on Twitter, what you put on, you know, social media. And I know everybody has, you know, strong feelings. And I know getting from personal experience, getting trashed all the time is really hard and you act out and I've done the same thing, but I do feel that we need to move on and give, you know, uh, president Biden, president like Biden, the chance that he deserves. Cause you know, he's the president. He needs to give, be given the chance to be the president. So, um, and you know, people seem to think, Oh, well, people always say, well, she voted for this person in 2016. She did this. 
nobody knows who I voted for. And I don't really do, I don't do politics anymore. And because in voting is a very private thing. And I think we should keep it that way because if you don't keep it sacred, then people, you know, will take um, that information and use it against you. And, and you want to be feel protected in the voting booth. So, um, you know, this year we didn't well, that's have why there's curtains, Deandra. That's why there's curtains. If there weren't any curtains, then everyone could see who's voting for who. Like there's a reason there's privacy. Right. They don't know. I mean, and I've gotten my name associated with a bunch of different things online that are not true. And I just I, I don't want to talk about it because it's just one of those things where you can argue with people, but they know my heart. They know what I believe. Um, I'm very supportive of my husband always said, cause he's a military, you know, whatever president I had, I honored that president. I was respectful talking about that president. And I think we've lost respect when talking about the president. If we don't like them, that's fine. You can voice that. But I think, you know, this is the person in the white house. This is our leader, respect them and give them the respect that they deserve and the, the chance. So I'm excited about the future. I think, um, once we get through COVID, my God, I mean, that's just been, you know, horrible for everybody. I think we will have a chance to kind of come together and be a more, um, you know, have a healing time in this nation. Right. Absolutely. Well said. And I think it's a great way to end. And I think healing is so important, whether it's through the housewife season or the election, we're all just trying to heal. And and we're all looking forward to the new season um, of Dallas. Have they announced a date yet or no? Well, it's sometime, I think, in January, but I mean, I don't even know when we're getting our trailer. I was hoping it was going to be very soon. So I'm just kind of, I'll know the day of. So (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen it, so I'm kind of nervous. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's always really nerve wracking um, to see yourself and kind of not know how they're going to edit it all together. So that's right. But I think you're doing great. We all love you. And just tell us where people can follow you and keep in touch. Yes. So you can follow me at Deandra Simmons. It's D-A-N-D-R-A-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. And also um, on Facebook is D apostrophe, capital A-N-D-R-A, and then S-I-M-M-O-N-S. And then please go follow Hard Night Good Morning and Ultimate Living um, on Instagram and on uh, Facebook and all the other social media channels. Those are my companies. Yes. I love it. And are you on Cameo? I'm on Cameo as well. Yes, I was real busy for a while on Cameo, and then it kind of it kind of waxes and wanes with the Cameo situation. You know, <laughs> it's either real busy or not busy at all. <laughs> totally, totally. That, what's I love Cameo because it's really fun. I'm on it as well. What's the most outrageous video you've gotten? Like request that would be fun. When I had to sing opera, so and I mean, I decided to do it because. Um, uh, you know, I used to be, I used to be a singer, so I did it. And then the other one, one person wanted me to give one of the girls a wedgie or something. I didn't do that. It was kind of weird. I didn't understand that one. So I didn't do that one. But those are the two like strange ones that, that kind of stick out in my mind. That's amazing. Well, here we are. We're ending the episode with wedgie and wedgie. I love talking. wedgie, whatever. Um, I love talking to you and I wish you all the best and I can't wait to see the new season. It's going to be great. Thank Bye, you, everyone. Amir. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas Official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests.
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.